Welcome to the Nonprofit Experience. I'm Sandy Sear, Managing Editor for the Philanthropy Journal. In much of Eastern North Carolina, populations are declining. Young people are relocating to urban areas in search of better job opportunities. This week, Interbank STEM Center's Alvin Powell and Jessica Williams share the joys and challenges of cultivating a 21st century workforce in Beaufort County. My name is Jessica Williams. I'm wasn't born in Little Washington, but I've been raised in Little Washington my whole life. I moved away for a couple years, but this is home. I am a early college student that will be transferring to ECU to study math education and in future dance education. Uh, my name is Al Powell, and I am from Washington, D.C., and relocated here upon retirement from the FBI, where I spent 30 years as a pilot and a senior level manager with the FBI Counterterrorism Division. And uh, I live in Beaufort County, and I've lived here since 2008. The organization that I'm now affiliated with is called the Interbank STEM Center. It was started in June 12. It is a 501c3 nonprofit whose mission is to expose kids through aviation and boating, or what we call intellectual bait, to get them excited about how science can be used in their everyday life and also get them uh, to develop enough self-confidence so that they can perhaps look at uh, some aspect of a STEM career and or a first responder career. And also we are very unique in that we look at the whole person, which we term the holistic approach. And young lady sitting across from me, Jessica, I had the privilege of meeting her several years ago when we were recruiting for the AmeriCorps STEM East program, which is a component of ECU and the VISTA program. And this program allows qualified young ladies and gentlemen to work in community service programs, ostensibly STEM-type programs, and log hours. And in return for those hours, they get so much money toward uh, spending money and scholarship money, plus it makes a very awesome uh, letter of recommendation potential if they need it. And so Jessica's been with us for two years, and she's done a phenomenal job, and I trust she has grown uh, emotionally as she has uh, intellectually and working with these kids, especially since she wants to become a math teacher. Well, we are located in uh, Beaufort County, North Carolina, which is the eastern part of North Carolina, and it is a tier one county, which means it's one of the uh, uh, poorest counties in the state of North Carolina. I think the average income, depending on what census data you look at, might put it in the neighborhood of 30,000 uh, gross income per, for a family. Uh, it's probably the fourth or fifth largest uh, county geographically uh, 82% uh, rural, uh, population of about 48,000, and uh, student population just a little under 7,000. It has a large river that dissects the county, which uh, makes uh, providing after-school program or any type of program, uh, STEM-wise or otherwise, difficult because there's only one bridge that allows you to get across the, the river. So a lot of your, your uh, enrichment programs uh, don't get started because so much money of a grant has to be proportioned toward transportation. So that has uh, been a problem as far as fundraising, which is always a problem with, with a, a nonprofit relative to sustainability because you can't always focus on grants to take you through. Uh, that is a critical issue here because there just is not that much disposable income where maybe in some parts of the North, like New Jersey, where I spent some of my time as, a, as an FBI agent, uh, you would have a, uh, an individual that was a member of an organization who could write a check for $500 or $1,000 to an to organization, and that's just a parent. Uh, we don't even have sponsors that write checks that large. Uh, 
So it has been a challenge uh, for an expensive STEM program, particularly an innovative program like we have tried to put together, to leverage our, our funds to put all our money back into the program. Uh, in fact, none of us uh, take a salary for what we do. Uh, we have no employees. Uh, the only money we might take would be from a grant uh, composition where you, you, you pay for teaching a class or something. That focus, that lets, sheds light on the fact that you have an even more dedicated employees that know they're in an economically impoverished region and they aren't anticipating uh, financial compensation. They're just looking at the impact that they have on the kids to change their lives. And so that's been one of the major challenges in uh, this economically deprived uh, region of North Carolina. One of the biggest things with Beaufort County is even though it's a large county, we're still a really small community and we're Boco strong and throughout hurricanes and different natural disasters that have gone around, we come back together as a county to help support the family whose house got destroyed by the water or to help support the family whose house burned down. And so coming back together has been one of the biggest things with Beaufort County, even throughout different adversities we face. You know, that, that same misery bringing folks together, that strategy does not always bring the nonprofits together. You know, the, each nonprofit, uh, aside from when we started building partnerships, and we have a partnership of over 20 different organizations, with several of them are uh, some of the nice nonprofits right here in our backyard. Uh, but still, a lot of your organizations uh, work in vacuums, and we're still trying to do better as far as leveraging resources so that the same organization doesn't apply for the same grant at the same time, because the grant organization is going to say these, these folks in this rural part of Carolina, they're not talking <laughs> to one another, and maybe if they strategize and partnered up with some of the grant applications, they could probably uh, have, have a better chance of uh, winning. Now that we're beginning to uh, collaborate a lot better than we did three years ago, I would put this area up as far as its objectives and the quality of the people who want to improve the quality of life around here uh, against any part of North Carolina. But it's also um, a situation where we have got to do something because the population is declining in this county, and I think that's probably similar for some of the other contiguous counties uh, that are basically rural in this area because if the jobs aren't here, people aren't going to stay. And if you're coming from an at-risk community, which is uh, where our grants address most of their resources, uh, a lot of the kids that are in these at-risk environments, regardless of say, sex, race, or religion, they're already thinking as seventh and eighth and ninth graders, if I can ever graduate, I'm getting out of here. And so part of our challenge is try to reverse that line of thinking by showing that education and getting control of your own destiny through education might cause you to not have to leave this county, which you may really like, and that may also cause uh, industry to relocate into the rural areas of North Carolina like this one if they know there's a workforce being cultivated and they have 21st century skill sets that would make those, uh, those kids, those young men and women, either employable and on the job training program or going into a community college, a vocational technical program, or a four-year school and then be employed where this job might be trying to relocate in eastern North Carolina. Originally, yes. I had all plans of getting up and out of Beaufort County. I wanted, I had looked at Northern California, Florida, anywhere but North Carolina, anywhere but Beaufort County, because I was tired of it. I'd lived, I've lived in three different counties, and I was like, 
well, Beaufort sucks. There's nothing here. But since being involved with Interbank STEM, I've been able to see ways to give back to our community so that it can grow and become better. And so instead of wanting to go off and find a better county, I can just make our county that better county. I think we are most proud of, as an organization, the community support and the partnership collaborations we've been able to establish uh, since we've been in business since June of 2012. We would not have enjoyed the success that we had had without those collaborations. Uh, the City of Washington was gracious enough to afford us an opportunity to uh, acquire this uh, land we now have at the Washington Warren Airport on a lease, and the community was gracious enough to provide donations. Um, and some foundations as well to allow us to raise about $240,000 to build this uh, 6,000 square foot state-of-the-art uh, educational facility we have at the airport. For myself, the most thing I'm most proud of would be our ability to be flexible and overcome obstacles. Throughout our summer camps, we kept facing many obstacles between difficult students, difficult parents, where cases where our activity for the day didn't work due to weather and we were able to work as a team to create something else for the children to be able to still grow and experience versus oh we're just going to sit here and talk since we can't do this uh, those are very good points and uh, because we have a very diverse staff racially socially uh, socioeconomically uh, we can look at and talk to the students from a different value perspective, which uh, has been very effective. And so we're very proud of that. And I think we're also very proud of the fact that uh, even though we offer a lot of STEM exposure to the kids, the bottom line is self-esteem. If the kids don't feel that they are looking in the mirror and feel good about themselves, all the STEM exposure in the world is not going to help them. So we start off getting the kids to build up their self-esteem and self-worth and that's one of the things we're most proud of. Then that makes them more receptive to the STEM opportunities and people they'll meet and getting a favorable experience out of this camp. With a lot of students, we could see where they were just kind of shy and didn't really feel comfortable with themselves. And so throughout the camp, they would open up more and more about different things going on in their lives, how they felt about themselves. And so it really allowed them to get more out of the camp because they opened up and were able to release some of the things they've kept pent up and therefore releasing that allowed them to be able to relax a little bit more and get into the program more. Now one thing we've done too is by working so close with the Beaufort County School System, we're very proud of the fact that we've been able to uh, uh, integrate our curriculum and our syllabus with what the core standards are for the middle school and high school which means there's a, a seamless integration of, of learning skills between what the kids experience here in this camp and when they go back to school. And, uh, but that brings up another problem, particularly in a lot of uh, Tier 1 low-income areas, where a lot of parents or family members will unfortunately, when they have a choice, choose a sporting camp over a STEM camp uh, because it's fun, it's expedient, and there's still that myth that uh, one out of three are going to make the uh, NBA or NFL, uh, when the truth of the matter is that a very few percentage of the kids make it to that level, 
But even if they do have the talent to make it to that level, they have a better chance of making it to that level if they have the academic ducks in order. So that is one of the biggest barriers we have got to overcome as we look at sustainability and the positive impact we have on kids. I know I heard it with some of the kids this summer where they talked about, oh, we did this and we did that, and then their parents would come back with, oh, well, that's just fun and games. That's not anything real. That's not something you can do in real life. You can't do that in the real world. Once you're an adult, you can't do that. And so changing that stereotype that you can't with the parents is the biggest thing. And I think having uh, staff members like Jessica, who is not that much older than some of the uh, students we're trying to uh, impact, means a big difference because when the kids are hearing something from somebody maybe five times their age versus hearing somebody that's only a few years older than them, maybe they can relate because there's a, an issue with communication. When people are talking from one value system and they think their value system and their words will have, make an impact on who they're trying to talk to, it sometimes doesn't work. It was very apparent that some of them did not like listening to some of the older staff members when talking about morals. It's like, well, what does that old dinosaur know, as they like to say? And so when they were hearing it from someone that's just been through what they're doing, it made them kind of recognize, oh, you know, I can actually better myself if I listen. And anything we do on a life skills component, uh, me personally anyway, I try to break it down and say, I'm not going to just not going to leave it with you and say you've got to do the right thing and make a decision. Here's how your decision matrix ought to be and take away from this what you think is the most important. And we found that very, very effective uh, with the kids. They get to relax and, and they get into an open dialogue during the life skills session. And some of them actually tell some things that uh, are quite remarkable about cancer, setbacks, adversity that they dealt with in their lives, which kind of means that uh, you know, there's empathy and they're beginning to understand. And you begin to affect positive behavior changes, which is one of the reasons for this camp as well. Okay, so with the summer camps, <laughs> I know we've made a lot of changes. What are the major things we're covering this year? Uh, this week we decided to do two separate uh, camps. One, an aviation camp for the first two weeks of aviation. The third week would be the boating, sailing school. And then a separate uh, boating camp for the first two weeks focusing on boating and the third week being sailing school. And then we're going to have a, a, another high school camp that will be extensively recruited, uh, recruiting kids from the uh, Washington High School, Northside High School. A lot of them will be in the ROTC class, but a lot of them won't. That's going to be the biggest change. We will be running a cybersecurity program this summer for the first time at Snowden Elementary. But as you know, Snowden Elementary in Aurora is, is probably one of the most uh, economically challenged regions uh, in this county, especially because of their lo uh, location, you know, being on the other side of the river. So uh, that'll be a pilot program that's never been done before. Now, what do you see your role this summer is going as far as evolving? Definitely being able to be more of a mentor this year because this past year it was kind of still learning and figuring out, you know, how the program runs. And so this year I definitely feel like I'll be able to be more of a a mentor advisor type role for the students as well as I know more of the different STEM fields with 
our camp now versus last year I was learning it along with them. Now what do you think about us trying to interact the STEM activities with the sporting activities like the uh, the Time for Science, which is another nonprofit I neglected missing, mentioning early, which uh, the kids are exposed to astrology, but also spend some time on the water kayaking. What do you think about that? I think adding in the different sports and different fun activities along with the STEM definitely helps because it gives them a break mentally. And then they're like, oh, well, not on, I don't have to just do stem 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 i can do some stem and i can also still be participating in sports and still get to do better for myself now you know we've had for the last two years two important partners of north carolina estuarium and also the little washington sailing school i think the kids have really gotten a lot out of that you've been a little closer to that situation than i have especially with the little washington sailing school because you've actually been out there with them what are your thoughts on that yes definitely the sailing school it was my favorite part of last summer, getting to go out and actually learn to sail and being alongside the kids. A lot of them got more open and would make jokes and play around while I was out there with them because they're like, oh, okay, you know, she's one of us. It's not just a she's going to yell at us and be mean when we're loud. She's going to also be alongside us and help us succeed. Now, do you think the uh, North Carolina Estuarium was a, uh, a beneficial uh, exposure for the kids? Yes, especially because with the middle school camp, they actually made their own videos and presented topics throughout the Estuarium. And so they had to not only learn the material, but they also taught it. And so it helped them to understand it more and get more out of it versus just walking around and re reading the different exhibits, and, oh, this is cool. When they actually had to hands-on teach it to others, they got more involved with it. Okay, now I know you're an experienced swimmer, and as we found from lessons learned, a lot of these kids were intimidated by water, but uh, as the program went on, they got more confidence, and some of them actually ended up uh, passing the in-river swimming tests and uh, passing the sailing school portion of the program. Uh, do you think the block of instruction that the, the uh, U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary provided was uh, part of the equation for a successful Little Washington Seal School program? I definitely think so because a lot of the students in there were like, oh, yeah, we learned that. That's the bow. That's the stern. That's port. That's starboard. And so they were actually able to use that material. Oh, hey, we learned that. And so it was nice to be able to see, okay, they did pay attention. They didn't just goof around and act up. They paid attention, and they're actually using it now. Now, what do you think makes this program so unique? I think the different community aspects of it, having different people from throughout the community coming together for this one common goal of bettering our future and bettering the future generations. So definitely having all that community involvement from different businesses and different members of our community, whether they're superintendent or they own a small business themselves, it's nice to be able to have different people that are, come from all different backgrounds on different levels coming together to work together because it helps students recognize, see even with all their differences, they're working together. Okay, I agree with that because one of the strong points uh, 
for our program is community involvement. We're the youngest nonprofit in the county being started as of 2012, but yet we were able to win the uh, Nonprofit of the Year Award in 2015. A lot of people still don't know who we are and what we try to do, despite the small success we've been able to, uh, to garner. Uh, I guess at your school, you probably still learning that folks don't really know what we do and who we are. Yes, all the time, because people ask me, so Jessica, what exactly do you do? Because I know you tutor in here, but you said you do something else, so what is it? And so I'll explain that I volunteer with the Interbank STEM Center, and then they're like, well, what's that? And so constantly explaining what it is to different people and trying to also increase between some of the students. I know their parents have businesses and would like to be involved in things, and other students, they'd like to be a participant in the program or would love to be able to get involved helping as well. But I think one of the, the biggest challenges we have from where I'm, I'm seeing is recruiting more students like you to, to get involved and also to get more uh, community involvement financially because most of our donations, larger donations, have come outside of Beaufort County. And uh, in a Tier 1 county where the average income is probably less than 30000 for a family, you really can't depend on uh, folks that are trying to struggle from day to day to make big contributions to a program, especially if they may not have any kids that are eligible to participate. But if we could get more support from the corporations and donations uh, from that standpoint, we could even expand our program even more so and then recruit more students like you and get the word out more so as to our unique program and how we constantly are, are trying to evolve. I guess you found too, like I have, some of these kids have never been out of Beaufort County. Yeah, that was one of the really surprising things to me was when some of them said, oh yeah, no, I always, I never leave. I mean, I occasionally go to Greenville, so they occasionally make it to Pitt mm -hmm. County, but when that's the most of their travel and they've never gone and experienced other places, it kind of makes them realize, oh wow, there's more, not everything is just like Beaufort County. How could I bring some of that back home? And I think too, when you turn it all around and the kids actually get a chance to see professionals in different careers, uh, they can relate to some of the STEM activities that we are exposing them to here. And uh, they get a chance to see why they need to stay in school so they can connect the dots and see the application of education versus hands-on uh, experimentation versus meeting people in career paths versus staying out of trouble to improve their quality of life no matter what their, uh, their situation may be uh, at this time and point. By the time the camp is ending, has ended, I, I see a lot of behavioral changes in the way they're going to address adversity. And knowing that all of us have had to, you know, we talk about this to the kids, about how we've all had to deal with adversity in our lives, be it medical, death in the family, whatever, to let them know that they're not by themselves, that they deal with, with uh, stuff, you know. Definitely. It's actually really nice that we've got two of our students from our camps that have done the camps for several years, having two of them at early college. It's really nice watching them grow and flourish especially since how one of them would have never known about early college if it hadn't have been for our program. And the fact that now she's 
on our school's math team. She's joining us for all our competitions. Anything that she can get involved in with the STEM fields, she's joining it. She does Science Olympiad. She does our math competitions. So it's nice watching them actually grow and see how this program can help students become more of a success. Well, good point, good observation, because uh, from where I sit, I have seen uh, one, one young man who was actually a director last year. I've seen him evolve from uh, a student at Bowfield County Community College where he now has his master's degree in chemistry, and he is still participating with us and wants to give back. You know, you'll be going off to, uh, to ECU this fall, and we've already got another young lady that was your predecessor that is in her second year at ECU. Uh, even though our program is not set up to track progress of the students, it's more of a what kind of impact are you having on the kids at this time and point to get them interested in science and expose them to how science is important in their day-in-day -day life. We are indirectly tracking uh, some of our students just by the process of them coming back, becoming part of our program or letting us know what, uh, what's going on, or them running up to you in Walmart and giving you a big hug. <laughs> so the program has uh, you know, a lot of benefits uh, I've seen from, uh, from that standpoint. Plus, if you remember that, we had a, a young lady that was uh, somewhat antisocial uh, last year, what, and her mom told me after the camp ended that she had uh, lower spectrum autism, and that uh, she was a very smart young lady, but her symptoms for the autism were that uh, she was somewhat standoffish in terms of interpersonal relationships. And this was the first program, despite counseling, that her daughter had been exposed to, that her daughter had ever responded to positively, where she was already talking about coming back to the camp. Uh, her social skills had uh, increased. And just because of the daily interaction with our camp and our staff, and she did, in fact, come back the next year, which would have been last year, and she also came back with her sister and her sister actually won the Outstanding Academic Award, uh, and this young lady continued to blossom uh, despite her uh, slight autism, you know, symptomality. So we have found out, I think, that the parents talking to us that some of these kids have anxiety disorders or lower spectrum behavioral disorders, and even though this camp is not patterned to, uh, you know, be that type of camp that, helps, that, helps, that addresses health disorders, we are, in fact, uh, helping some of these kids uh, plow through that because so that's one of the proudest undocumented parts of this camp that I was not expecting uh, that has been a, a, a true blessing to this, this program. Definitely especially watching some of the students that had ADD and ADHD and being able to give their parents feedback mm -hmm. about things that you know hey we they kept talking and talking and talking and didn't seem no matter what we told them about told them they just didn't seem to stop or you know we found that if you acknowledge that hey if you can listen and be quiet now and you'll get your reward later we were able to let parents know about the different ways their child was reacting to different situations and how their behavior had gotten better or for some worse and able to help them with figuring out medications based on how, what we were watching throughout the day. Yeah, you're right. In fact, we actually had told one parent what was going on, and we suggested she tell the doctor about the behavioral pattern of her kid in the morning versus the evening, and they actually had to change the medication, both type and dosage, uh, which infected, uh, it actually improved the kid's behavior. So, yeah, there have been some 
some uh, some indirect positive consequences of our camp that where we always try to give the parents feedback on unusual situations where we're uh, noting with, with their with their son or daughter, or in some cases grandparents may be the ones raising the kids, not necessarily the the traditional uh, parent, which is another thing we. We try to get the kids to feel good about themselves irrespective of who their family support structure is because it may not always be the conventional family support situation. All right, Jessica, I want to thank you for being part of our team and participating in this conversation. And as always, your input and, and suggestions are valued and, and heated. And hopefully you can recruit some Jessica replicas for our program down the road and we'll continue to participate in our program as you mature and, and go up your uh, career path. I definitely plan on staying involved with Interbank STEM, and I'm so glad for the opportunity to be able to be a part of it and be a part of moving it forward. So definitely thank you for involving me. Thank you for listening to The Nonprofit Experience. If you like what you hear, please support our work. Rate us on iTunes, share us with a friend, and donate to the project at go.ncsu.edu forward slash give to PJ. DNE is a project of the Philanthropy Journal. Our managing editor is Sandy Sear. Our graduate editor is Kristen Gallahue, and our graduate assistant editor is Preston Whitworth. This episode was produced by Amarachi and Akaronye. Amarachi is the host and executive producer of the Fragmented Whole podcast. To learn more, visit amarachia.com. That's A-M-A-R-A-C-H-I-A.com. Our theme music is an original score by David Mueller. For more information on this and other episodes, visit us at www.philanthropyjournal.org. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Nonprofit Experience and subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play.